When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sonoro. What would you do if you found out there was an artifact used in hundreds of exorcisms around the world in your home? An object that became a catalyst for negative energy, for all things evil. A powerful weapon that poses great danger. Picture having a grenade in a house full of children. Yes, it could provide protection in an emergency, but it also represents an imminent threat to everyone around it. That's how the priest explained it to us. I couldn't possibly recount all the paranormal things we saw while we waited for the priest who knew my grandmother to arrive in the city. But he got there just in time, because things at home kept getting worse. My brother's girlfriend visited the day before the priest arrived. When she called him from outside, my brother peered out the window and waved. When she entered the house, she asked about me. But I wasn't home. I was at my godmother's but my brother's girlfriend swore she had just seen me when my brother waved from the window. She said I was on his back, arms wrapped around him, throwing my head back and laughing. My brother had been very reluctant to talk about what was happening to us, fearing what people might think. At that point he had to explain everything but, well, his girlfriend didn't take it seriously. And here, I want to stress again how hard it is to share these kinds of experiences because even people who believe, who have seen things, have a limit to what they're willing to believe. We tried to stay out of the house as much as possible until the priest could advise us about what to do. Because at that point, we were naive enough to think that by keeping our distance, we'd be safe. My brother was going to stay with his best friend who lived nearby, but after hearing the harlequin bells again, he decided to spend the afternoon at his girlfriend's, on the opposite side of the city. He felt better the more distance he put between himself and those damned bells. He saw me leave for my godmother's house early that morning, but I didn't know what time I'd be back. Around 8pm he grew worried. He felt a pit in his stomach and called the house to ensure everything was alright. He said the phone barely rang once before someone picked up. He heard my mom and I arguing loudly in the background, though we didn't seem to hear him shouting. 
trying to get our attention. He said my mom was kicking me out, screaming horrible things at me that my brother couldn't bear to repeat. <laughs> then he heard a small, mocking laugh, and the line went dead. My brother thought his imagination was getting the best of him. Hearing bells everywhere he went, he was losing his grip on reality and figured it best to leave before his girlfriend noticed. He called the friend he was planning on staying with, letting him know he was on his way over. When he left his girlfriend's house, he had no idea what he was leaving behind and that he'd never again step foot over that threshold. As I mentioned, I was with my godmother at the time. Given her religiosity and closeness to my family, my mom believed it was the safest place for me to stay. I caught her up on everything. It was the first time I fully recounted events without worrying whether I'd be believed or not. I just needed to say it out loud, to lift the burden off my chest. And seeing the reaction in her eyes, I said, I don't want anything coming here with me, with us. Maybe it's best if I don't stay here. But my godmother just smiled, replying, If God is with me, who can be against me? Although as soon as she said it, her smile faded. I don't know why. The moment reminded me of what grandma used to say about that first moment she felt evil right in front of her. That afternoon approaching the cemetery when she stopped feeling God beside her. As I was getting ready for bed, just as the fear of darkness and sleep began to set in, my godmother leaned into my room. She motioned me into the hall with her. I followed, but I couldn't see where she had gone. Suddenly I turned to see her quickly enter another room, an empty room she didn't usually sleep in. I slowly made my way down that dark hallway, barely able to see nor find the damned light switch. The darkness was growing hard to bear, but I pushed on, looking for my godmother, until I heard a sound behind me in her bedroom. I ignored it, continuing to the room she had entered. The door was open, a dim light coming from within. As I got closer, I found her lighting candles. She signaled me inside. I asked, Godmother, is everything okay? She responded, No, dear. There's someone in my room. My mom was with one of her sisters when my aunt called her, letting her know the priest had left early and would arrive around dawn. He's headed your way, she said, asking my mom to meet him immediately. She didn't want them alone in that house a minute longer. Her plan to stay away from the property that night had been ruined, but my mom appreciated the priest's willingness to rush over to a house overrun by evil spirits. But that was his calling after all, wasn't it? To battle evil in this world. My mom and aunt hurried to the house, though my aunt refused to linger. 
She wasn't easily spooked, but things had escalated past the point of foolish bravery. Before my mom went inside, our neighbor and her elderly dog greeted her. I don't know how that poor thing is still alive. It can barely make it around the block. I was just about to call you, she said. I knew you weren't home because your kids have had the TV blasting since the afternoon. My mom chose not to tell her the house was empty. She didn't dispute the complaint about our noise or our neighbor's claim that watching scary movies invites dark spirits. Unlike me and my brother, my mom still cared what the neighbors thought. She wanted them to not view us as the weirdos on the block, but to keep cordially chatting with us when this whole nightmare was over, because we still believed it would pass. She called my brother from the yard, hoping he'd pick up so she wasn't alone inside, but he didn't answer. She paced outside the house, reluctant to enter. She set her bag down and casually walked out to the street to see if the neighbor would pass by again so she could make small talk. Anything was better than going into that house. But the street was abandoned. No one passed. She didn't want to call me. Assuming my godmother was already fast asleep by then as she was rigid about her bedtime. But that wasn't the case. We were having a hard night. My godmother and I locked ourselves in the candlelit room to pray. Her small hands wouldn't stop trembling. My plump, petite godmother had the sweetest countenance, making it even more painful to see her so afraid. Her little glasses were all fogged up, and I didn't understand how to help. After a while, we rested on a little couch in the room, but I heard her softly crying as if trying to muffle her sobs so I wouldn't notice. She wept in fear. More than an hour passed. It was nearing midnight when exhaustion finally forced my eyes closed. Though with that level of fright, sleep rarely comes easily. The instant I began drifting off, I heard my godmother loudly praying, and an awful stench, which I later learned was sulfur, filled the air. I saw her squeezing her eyes shut tight as if trying to avoid looking at something. I could clearly see her face in the candlelight that dimly illuminated the room. I heard a shuffling sound at the door and turned to glimpse something darting out of view. The door handle glowed red hot. I rushed over to check on my godmother, asking what was wrong. After a few minutes, I managed to calm her enough for an explanation. She recounted that she was still softly praying when she noticed me dozing off. Then the stench arrived, followed by the sound of the door slowly opening though nothing and no one was visible there. Until something leaned down from the ceiling, hunched into the corner. My godmother said it was a dark figure with horns and a goat face. But there were two dreadful details. The eyes, human eyes, and the mouth full of human teeth that it bared at her. It moved its jaws as if chewing something. That's when she closed her eyes, bursting into tears, and the odor awoke me.
There were noises outside the room of someone or something rummaging through the house. I finally convinced my godmother we had to leave. That we couldn't stay there. No, this is my home. My home. She repeated. Even as I helped her into a coat to face the cold front that had blown in. We slipped out the back door running from the house without looking back inside. Where it sounded as if someone was still snooping about. When my brother arrived at his friend's apartment, he chose not to immediately disclose why he needed to crash there that night. Between their trust, no explanation was required. But his friend Fernando instantly sensed something was off. Do you believe in ghosts? My brother asked, realizing they'd never breached the topic before. His friend replied, Sure, there's two here. My mom says so anyway. I've never seen anything myself. She says they're the old couple who built this place. As he chattered on, my brother grew anxious wondering if whatever that damned crucifix provoked had attached itself to him. The last thing he wanted was to hear about the home's history of hauntings. Oblivious to the distress it caused, Fernando merrily recounted the tales until my brother had a full-blown panic attack, same as the one he had the other day, when he realized that damned Harlequin had returned. He sat down, trying to regain his breath, as Fernando called for his mom before hurrying for water. His mother rushed into the room in her nightgown. As my brother focused on slowing his breathing, he felt hands firmly clasp his shoulders comfortingly until Fernando returned with his mother and found my brother alone. No one had touched him. I need to go home. We have to go to my house, he stated. Fernando grabbed his keys without question, and they quickly left. I found my mom smoking in the yard when I arrived with my godmother, shortly after my brother pulled up with Fernando. His wide-eyed friend kept glancing around, making it evident from all our faces, especially my godmother's, that something very abnormal was occurring. Since we were all together, we hesitantly headed inside. My godmother insisted God had placed her there to help us get through this and provide the faith we were losing more of daily. My brother tried convincing Fernando to leave and that we would be alright. But Fernando ignored him. He called home to say he wouldn't be back, that he was spending the night out. Upon entering, we immediately pushed the heavy piece of furniture against the basement door and brewed coffee. Above us, it sounded like a bustling household in the middle of the day. While we silently sat around the basement table, accompanied only by the quiet slurping of that stale coffee and bread, my brother scrunched up. I could swear from somewhere outside I heard that Latin chant as if those women were still out there. 
still summoning something, wanting to punish us. And despite it all, despite having witnessed the supernatural among us, even within those walls, those women filled me with more dread than anything, especially the white-haired one, the one who had stood inches from me, attempting to break into our home. We heard a car pull up outside and almost instinctively rose from the table. It was a taxi. A priest stepped out. He had arrived. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.